This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the Money Scramble podcast. Jay Coffin alongside Ryan Labney here. Got a lot to get to. Adam Scott's victory down at the Honda Classic. We're going to talk a little bit of Tiger. He was in the news, oh, just about every single day over the last eight days. We're going to, going to preview Doral. We've got a pretty big event coming up down at Doral. Uh, Trump Doral, that is, the big field, best field so far this year. Again, Monday Scramble podcast. Jay Coffin here alongside Ryan Labner. We're going to bring in Will Gray from South Florida in just a little bit. And first, Lav, Adam Scott, got to give the guy his due, don't you? I mean, it's been up and down. He's had to answer questions about his putter. Probably not so much right now. He really needed this win, too. I mean, this, yeah. the putting storyline would have lingered the entire season. I thought this was important for his confidence. I thought this was important for his relevance. And I thought yeah. this was important for his reputation. It shows that he's not going anywhere as a world-class player now that he's ditched the long putter. Yeah, a pretty big one, right? I mean, especially, you know, head-to-head on Sunday. You know that Sergio's probably going to find some demons out there somewhere. Of course. And he obviously did. But you just don't know. You know, Adam Scott had a little bit of a Adam Scott's got some Saturday. demons, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So you had sort of demons versus demons. And the guy with the, the least amount of demons on Sunday <laughs> ended up winning, but it bodes well for him heading into the Masters. So let's go down to South Florida. Will Gray, uh, writer for us at GolfChannel.com, was down there the entire week. Will, you got us? How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Jay. All right, so let's just start right there with Adam Scott. You saw him for the better part of uh, four days. Initial thoughts on, uh, on what he pulled off down there. Yeah, I think that his sigh of relief after holding that putt on 18 says it all. I think that he really wanted to get a win early in this post-anchoring era. He got it. Uh, it was, as you said, it was two guys who were battling demons on Sunday. But Adam Scott, he said it Saturday after his round, and he said it Sunday certainly after the one-shot victory. He just wanted it a little bit more than I think Sergio did. Sergio came off the course, and he was pretty content with second place. But Adam really played well two, last week at Riviera, and he, he carried that momentum with him. At Honda, and hey, anytime you can win with a quadruple bogey on your scorecard, you're doing something right. Well, are you convinced now that Adam Scott's going to be fine moving forward with the conventional length putter? We've seen him be streaky even with the long putter at times, but moving forward now with, with the shorter putter, how convinced are you that he's going to be okay? Uh, I would go with okay. I don't think that he's going to be number one in strokes gain putting like he was back in 2004. He's talked about trying to become one of the best putters in the world leading up to the Masters. I don't think he can get there. He's going to have good days. He's going to have bad days. But overall, I think that the confidence builder that he got with this victory, his first since 2014, anywhere in the world, I think it's going to be big for him 
moving into the Masters and certainly throughout the year, but I don't really expect Adam Scott to be one of those guys we talk about when you discuss the best putters on tour. All right, uh, Ryan and I will talk about it a little bit after we let you go, but first let's go, let's go to Sergio. Missed the first fairway with an iron. <laughs> and, look, it, it, was, it wasn't terrible. I mean, 71 is still 71 around a pretty beefy golf course, so it wasn't bad. But talk about Sergio. I mean, he was right. Adam Scott played better and deser deserved it. But there was Sergio being Sergio again and just sort of being acting like he was okay with finishing second. And more than that, it's almost not surprised that he ended up finishing second. Your take on Sergio. Yeah, you kind of knew it right after that first shot, didn't you? He peels a three iron into the gallery on uh... – on the first hole, there's a lot of tough holes in the champion course of PGA National, but number one is not one of them. Uh, so that was a little bit of yeah, a difficult start for him. It, it was weird afterwards talking to him that he just really needed to take a runner-up finish in stride, almost too much in stride. You know, he if you look at his stat line, he really hit the ball well, tee to green, and then he comes off after his final round. Well, I didn't really have my A game all week. I was hitting all cuts. I couldn't hit a draw. My my iron play wasn't where I wanted it to be. So it was not the same narrative that he was pushing through the first three days when he was really in the lead and in contention. But, uh, you know, it's Sergio. What, what more do you expect? Yeah, that was a bizarre comment post-round that he said that he wasn't anywhere near where he wanted his game to be. You look at strokes gained tee to green. He was number one last week, and he was, he was pretty darn good for, for three days. I think on Sunday he certainly uh, fanned some approach shots, especially down the stretch. But he's never seemed comfortable yeah. in the big moment. He always seems like he shied away from it, and I don't think it was a coincidence that as soon as Adam Scott had two-shot lead and he had a putt that didn't really matter on the final green, he ended up making that one. But, but uh, Will, heading into the weekend, it looked like it was going to be Ricky Fowler's tournament to win. Back-to-back -back 66 is really playing well, coming off the strength of the Abu Dhabi victory and then the close call in Phoenix. What did you make of his weekend retreat? Yeah, that was a little curious. I mean, he played the first 36 holes without a bogey, which is some serious golf around PGA National, and it did seem like it was going to be his tournament. Uh, but I think that his iron play really just kind of let him down. He spoke about not being able to make putts, and he was having a tough time getting reads on the greens, which was something that a lot of guys struggled with last week. But if you look at the proximity of his approach shots, he hit 10 approaches inside 15 feet during those first two rounds where he shot 66-66, and that was it. He didn't hit another shot inside 15 feet the rest of the week. So I think that anytime you're trying to chase on a course as difficult as PJ National, you're going to be in trouble. We saw him put it in the water on 11 and on 12. And really, it goes back to the, the 74 on Saturday when he had played the first two rounds without making a bogey. Then in the third round with the spotlight on him, he and Jimmy Walker really imploded. And, and Ricky didn't make a single birdie during the third round. All right. Well, we'll get you out of here on this. There are a lot of surprises, both pleasant and, and not so pleasant. Um, the fact that you did not see Rory McIlroy on the grounds over the weekend was uh, was sort of one of the uh, not so pleasant surprises. Just sort of your take on on Rory just not really looking like Rory. Yeah, there's not much uh, of a take to offer because he didn't talk to media <laughs> after either of his first two rounds. So uh, his his feast or famine relationship with the Honda Classic continues. He won in 2012. He lost in a playoff in 2014 when he probably should have won. And everything else is, has been going sideways at this event. He had the toothache. He's missed the cut each of the last two years. Uh, you know, he offered a tweet afterwards that he just said he dropped 13 shots in two rounds, and that's just way too many. He had a triple bogey put into the water on number five during his second round that really put him on the wrong side of the cut line. I, I don't know. I'm not rushing to panic when it comes to Rory. I think that it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do at Trump uh, Doral this week. But – 
it was not the the week that he wanted, certainly. And, and you're running out of reps right now as we get closer to Augusta. We're six weeks out. There's still a lot of golf to play. But this could have been a pivotal week for him to build some momentum, and instead he went the other way. All right, Will. I appreciate all the thoughts and good work down there. Drive back safe, and we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right. And Jay, just to piggyback of what Will was saying there about Rory, he, he blamed some mental mistakes. And to me, that's a major concern with the Masters, what, five or yeah. six weeks away at this yeah. point. To not be engaged and kind of just look disinterested was a little bit curious to me. I mean, he only has two stroke play events now until the Masters. He's playing Doral and he's playing Bay Hill. Yes, he's going to play the, the match play, but that's just three guaranteed I, rounds. What's, what's the I deal know, here? Man, I agree with that. And, and we talked about that with Spieth, too, right? Like you said, like, you know, at, at Pebble Beach, it just wasn't in the middle. You two are the two of the best players in the world, and you can't get your head out of your you-know-what enough to just play golf for a couple days and do what you're going to do with, you know, with a green jacket on the line coming up pretty soon. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, and that's, and it sort of goes back, you know, we always go back to Tiger and everything, and, and I hate to do it. I know we're going to talk about him plenty later, but Tiger never, like, I don't want to say never, but it, it seemed like never had a mental lapse. There were maybe shots that he didn't execute, but he it, it seemed like rarely did he ever show up not to play for the better part of 16 years. You, and if he did, he sure as hell did not admit it, right? You didn't hear him say, mentally, I wasn't there today. You're hearing these guys, which I love, the ref it's refreshing, but you're hearing the top guys just sort of mentally, meh. Just wasn't really there this week. Are you kidding me? It's always been about the majors in golf. Let's let's Absolutely. face it. But it now, will be. but now it seems like it's even more so. And the only drawback, everyone loves the Masters, and it's great, and there's so much anticipation. But the only drawback about the Masters is that everyone's line for eight months is I'm just trying to peak for Augusta. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens before yep. then, yep. does that really matter? I think to Spieth or Rory or Jason Day, if they have a few listless months, but it all culminates with another green jacket in April, I think it's all worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. No. When you talk about the, the peaks and the valleys, somebody who was, is on the up, of, up and up, Adam Scott. We talked about him a little bit last week after Riviera, but now after this victory. So let's get into it and how it sort of bodes toward the Masters. Um, last week we were here with Will, the three of us, and we were sort of debating who our top five favorites were for the Masters, and none of us had Adam Scott then, and we all had random orders, Spieth, Bubba, you know, Ricky, Rory, and Jason Day. Where does Adam Scott now fit into the picture? I mean, it's a it's overreaction Monday, so I'll give you the floor, Ryan Lowry. I would put him right behind Bubba on my personal list of Masters favorites, and you really can't overstate the importance of getting a victory so soon in the season, just three starts after the anchor ban was instituted. No longer is he going to have to answer all the questions of what's going on with your putting, what's the adjustment like. He's shown that it's not going to be a problem. Obviously, Augusta National is going to pose its own unique set of challenges on the greens. They're faster and they're slopier than what you saw at PGA National. But the fact of the matter is Adam Scott doesn't need to be a great putter. He just needs to be an average putter because his ball striking is so good that it's going to give him a chance to I, win. I sort of agree with that on a week-to-week -week basis. I'm not sure if I agree with that at Augusta National in particular. 
So I still look. Well, well, I'll maybe put him five A or five B. I think so. I still, I, I still, I think Doral, as Will mentioned, Doral is is going to probably. It's a huge barometer. Everybody has four rounds, right? It's the first time they're all together on a big boy um, golf course. I don't expect Steve to play well because it's a big boy golf course, but a top ten to me would be good. So there's a lot of different things out there with these top five or six guys that are all in the news. Bubba, it seems like it maybe would fit DJ, but with Adam Scott, I agree with you. But I, I think at Augusta National. I think that somebody who puts lights out is going to win that. Win that, and so while he can, he put didn't putt lights out in 2013. I know, but I think it's different now with Jordan Spieth. I think we got Rory still with with with. If he can find it here over the next couple of weeks and he can get it going, Jason Day now has shed the major label. You know, Bubba Watson gets it going around there. I think that. In order for him to putt average and win at Augusta National, all those other guys are going to have to putt poorly. So I don't think he can get into a putting contest with it. So I'm, I'm not saying I, I dislike him. Look, I mean the guy just did something we didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily expect him to do. Um, so I'm not I'm you know I I, I don't want to you know <laughs> take a whiz in his Fruit Loops this morning. All right, I want to give the guy his due because it's terrific. I still though for the Masters in general, even though he he is a past champion. I think he's going to have to putt better than he even did this last week, and I just don't know. Better than he did the last. All right, yeah. his his okay. last two starts in the PGA Tour: Riviera, PGA National. Those are both major caliber golf courses. Riviera, he was in the top ten mm -hmm. strokes gained tee to green. Right. Twenty. No, excuse me. Eighteenth strokes gained putting. Right. That is an above average, right. if not a know, great week of putting. If he puts, I, I don't think that he can putt like that at Augusta National. It's just different. The slopes, the, the, it's just faster, it's different mentally, it's a lot more mentally draining on those greens. I just don't know that he can do, I don't know I think, I think, I think Spieth was the exception, not the rule. He putted, he, well, he, yeah, maybe. he was challenging all sorts of scoring records. I don't think Bubba Watson putted lights out the, the two years that he won. Yeah, It's uh, still a ball strikers golf course. He's going to give himself so it many is. chances. If he, if he has a week like he did at Riviera and PGA National where he makes his fair share of putts and he gives himself a lot of chances and doesn't make a lot of mistakes, yeah. Adam Scott is going to be right there, just like he has been for really the last three or four years. All right, we'll see down the stretch. Pretty interesting. It's great, though, that the, back to, the last two winners, though, Bubba and Adam Scott. Are you kidding me? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's perfect. Throw them into all. It's just terrific. But, all right, let's keep on Augusta National and the Masters. Uh, uh, reports last week out of Golf Week magazine that Augusta National is in talks of for buying some land at the adjacent Augusta Country Club, which is right there, to move the 13th tee back to make it a little bit longer. Look, I, you and I have both played that golf course, thankfully, right? Mm -hmm. we, I, I still remember every all 120 and I butchered shots that, that I hole. Butchered it. But the best place on the entire golf course is that 13th tee because you can look down 13. You're in. That is the corner. That is the amen corner right there. You can look back at 12. You can look at 11 and all that. Just kind of talk to me about this. I think you and I are probably on the same page. I don't want to speak for you, but I, you know, I don't like it. I wish they wouldn't, but they probably have to. It's the perfect par five. It is the greatest par five it's, in the world. It's, awesome. it's the perfect risk reward awesome. hole. Yes, it rewards you if you hit a long drive, but you can also, if you're Zach Johnson, you can still, maybe not in 2007, but you yeah. can still, you can still make birdie, maybe even eagle, if if you're if you're feeling risky, you want to go for it. To me, though, this did, this did seem inevitable yeah. over the past couple of years. It. You've I seen guys is, like but... DJ and uh, Bubba Watson bomb it over the left trees. That's mm -hmm. the problem: is that they're cutting off the dog leg too much, yep. and then they just have a wedge in. And that's not how the hole was designed to be played. So, while it's disappointing that potentially the greatest bar five could be altered, and you're going to see some more layups, ultimately, I'm not all that surprised. And I like to see the hole played as it's supposed to be. And if that tee box is moved back, it's not a nice, perfect little. 
corner right there. It's like a square or a box. Right. right, and you really have to sling it around the corner. Oh, whatever. I, I, I'm with you. I don't like it, but you got to do it. But you know what? For the members and anybody else playing there, it's not going to affect them because they're still. And you don't have to have the tee back spot. 50 yards you don't have all to. four days. That's exactly. And they probably, they probably, they probably won't. won't. On Sunday, you probably move it up just to kind of just tease them just a little yep. bit. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right. We've got this far, and we have not talked about Tiger Woods, who. That's quite an accomplishment. Who we have only seen take one swing. <laughs> And it was a nine iron on a simulator. And it was a very gingerly was, soft uh, it was nine a little, iron shot. Little hunched over. Look, I mean, there are many ways to go with Tiger Woods here. There was the, you know, his agent a week ago, week and a half ago, had no report. Then there were some social media reports that he was not doing well. Then there was the, uh, <laughs> there was the nine iron. And then there's reports from Tim Rosefort that he's hit. Here we see the, the nine iron. And then there were reports that he's actually hit, maybe hitting drivers, although not a lot, not necessarily going after it is. Just sort of the world of Tiger Woods that he can dominate headlines like that with basically us having no clue when the dude's going to play golf again. Yeah, and let's, let's first point out that this entire situation, this whole melodrama that transpired over the past seven to ten days, could have been avoided with a simple, short update that, hey, Tiger Woods hitting nine irons, he's hitting half drivers, he's working his way mm -hmm. back into game shape, which is what you'd expect since we you know, he, had, he, had his, three he had his last surgery in October. So you'd think that yeah. something was happening. To, yeah. to, to get no update was a little, bit, uh, a little bit curious. But yes, of course, this is an encouraging sign, especially considering how despondent he looked and sounded in December. I'm not sure what this means going yeah, forward or when he's going to play, but obviously it's encouraging because mm -hmm. he is making some progress in his recovery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't give us any more clues as to when he's coming back. If he's coming back... Is but he's closer be? to returning than retiring. But, it, but, it's, but it's at least good news because we've seen Tiger Woods with a golf club in his hand, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, to me, is good news in itself because we hadn't seen that. We and we weren't sure it. it was going to happen we just again. Didn't, we just didn't... No, this doesn't mean that he's going to be ready for the Masters. He's going to show up on Monday. It doesn't even mean that he's going to play this year. We do not know... It just means that he's not laying flat on his back. He's able to take a golf swing, even if it's only one. <laughs> Maybe that was the only swing he took, just to prove a point. But who cares? It's more than we had seen in three months. It so is. I can live with that. When Tiger Woods has a golf club in his hand, it's better for everybody. I would still, <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I would still be shocked if he played this season. There is no incentive. Are you dying? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. There is no incentive for him to come back this summer unless he is completely, 100%, unequivocally healthy and ready to compete. He can't ease into it like he has been in prior surgeries. He's shown that that doesn't work, that that's not the way to do it. He's just leaving himself more susceptible to injury. I only expect Tyler to come back when he's completely healthy. I'd be shocked if it was this summer. I agree with that. And we saw him at the Ryder Cup Nicholas dinner on Thursday night mm. where all the top 40 were invited. Jack was nice enough to open up his home and everything. It was really good. Uh, look, I think you and I are both saying, I don't even sure Jack was crazy about it, right? He, he hasn't been crazy about it. That was, that was the ironic thing about having him host the Ryder Cup dinner. He's not been a fan of this task force. He says, you know, just play better. It's, there's no right. magic formula. Right. Just make putts on Sunday when it matters. Yeah, and, and, and this is putting more pressure on him. I think we, this is putting more pressure by them making a big deal out of the task force and everybody's going over to Jack's, which, by the way, I didn't think about this as a little side note. You know, I can kind of go on these tangents every now and then. We take it for granted because we've seen it so much. But looking at that picture, though, you have Tiger and Jack and Phil in the same room, three of the top ten best players in the history of the game. Throw everybody else aside. 
it's still pretty cool because we don't get it that often. Of Maybe course, it's it is, yeah. like it's it's pretty cool. So I was I, I'm with you. I, I think it's a little bit too much of a dog and pony show. But when I look at that. There's only three guys in that picture that matter, and that have only mattered for a long time, and will only be the three that matter for a long time going forward. So that's pretty cool. But to have Jack say, "I don't know what all these guys coming to an old man's house is going to going to make them play better." I kind of agree with that. Yeah, and it's and it's cool for Andrew Loop and John Huh and Ben Martin to be able to listen to Jack, ask him questions, just kind of soak in some of his brilliance. But I, I think you're right, Jay. I think all these little get-togethers and these shindigs, the only thing it does is create more pressure. If you yeah. go through all this trouble and, and you works. have fishing trips on Tiger's privacy yacht yep. and you have another uh, fitting in June at the memorial, the only thing you're doing is drawing more attention. See, so if you do everything and then you still lose, uh -huh. then what? You've exhausted all of your options. You've you have to go completely. You yeah. have to you have to rip it up and go back to the drawing board because you've tried everything totally. and then you still lost. Totally. All right, I'm I'm done talking about that. All right, back a little bit more to last week of the Honda Classic and, and sort of a, a sad moment, but an anxious moment. Jason Bone had a heart attack after he signed his card. This is. Man, it's it's just a tough story, right? I mean, there's not not a whole lot of ways to go here. You know, he admitted almost unprecedented in golf on PGA it's crazy Tour. That if it would have happened actually when he was on the golf course, he might not have made it. Ninety nine percent blockage. He actually on Monday morning spoke with Matt Adams at Fairways of Life, called Matt Adams, and they had a pretty good dis discussion. Here's Jason Bone in his own words with Matt. Uh, I'm doing okay, Matt. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of a crazy show uh, since I finished uh, golf on Friday. Um, I guess I um, uh, I actually suffered a major heart attack, so I had 99% blockage in my LAD artery, which they call the widowmaker. So I was very fortunate that um, you know I was able to get some treatment and the the. The craziest part about the whole situation, man, is I had no idea that I was having a heart attack. I mean, I just would I would have thought having a heart attack was going to, like, somebody slapping you in the face saying, you're having a heart attack. You need to stop doing what you're doing at the Nodal Hospital. But for me, it wasn't the case. I just, I struggled, um, you know, playing the golf course and, uh, you know, struggled breathing, walking, and catching my breath and doing some things, but I, I had was diagnosed with the flu the week of uh, Pebble Beach, and I had bronchitis, and so I just kind of thought it was all of that together, but um, just never realized that. And I got to tell you, uh, the EMTs at the golf course, I mean, they totally saved my life. So they took a EKG when I got done after I signed my scorecard, and they just told me that something wasn't right, but, you know, they said, hey, but you know, we'd like you to go to the hospital. And I thought, well, I'll just go shower in my room and then I'll drive myself to the hospital. I'll be okay. And then they were like, no, 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 we need to put you on a stretcher. We need to go to the hospital right now. So it was kind of a scary moment for me. I didn't realize, you know, what was happening, but I just, uh, my ignorance as to, you know, I just never thought at age 42, I would be having a heart attack and, you know, uh, to the degree that I had one. So. Yeah, Jay, that's terrifying to think that he didn't know that he was having a heart attack. It, and it's not important now when he's going to be coming back mm -hmm. to the PGA Tour. Yeah. He's 42 years old. This is more just about his health. You ask any tour pro, mm -hmm. Jason Bone is one of the most well-liked and respected players on tour. We're, we're obviously both wishing him yeah, a speed totally. recovery here. And do you hear when he's 42, you know how old I am? 42. I'm 42. 
So when I hear that, it gives me more than chills just even even thinking about it and hearing him in his own words, just talking about your own mortality. No, nobody wants to have to do that, so we certainly wish him well. All right, so I'll move on to, let's look forward this week to, to Drow. The biggest, the best field of the year so far. You've got, I mean, you've got everybody. You've got 49 of the top 50. Uh, Jim Furyk's the only one that's not there because he's injured. So we're looking for a good week. Everybody's guaranteed four rounds, right? So you can lay an egg in the first round, play well for the next three rounds, salvage a good finish. But it's pretty much a bomber's paradise. The one thing that stands out at me, though, though, the top three players in the world have are all coming into this having missed the cut mm. the last time they played golf. I... So what does that mean? And that's stunning because when you think of all where three of them? you think about where we were at the end of last year, everyone's so excited about the big three in golf, and now they're all kind of well. You even start the year with Spieth doing what he's doing, and we're thinking, and then, man, this is awesome. And then Ricky wins in Abu Dhabi. So I mean, they're they're just they're scuttling a little bit, and it's, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna turn around eventually. There's no real uh, cause for concern. But to me, this is an important week for Rory. To me, he's the player who really hasn't shown me all that much. He's the only player of those big three also that have played well on this golf course. Since mm -hmm. Gil Hans came in and, and redesigned the golf course, it certainly favors the big hitters. You look at the leaderboard last year. DJ, Bubba, J.B. Holmes, Brooks Kepka, Stenson, Scott, Louis Ustase, Roy were all in the top ten a year ago. So a bomber is going to win this. Jason Day has not finished in the top 20 here. Yeah. Jordan Spieth in two starts to seven has a T17. I'm sort of picking up what you're putting down, but but I I still don't I still don't think that it's not important to Spieth and Day. I think it's important to all three of those guys because if you're looking Spieth at Spieth has it, more starts, so it's less important. No, no, no. I get that, but he's also not he's he's also number one in the world. He's gonna be the defending champion at the Masters. Is the defending champion? Didn't play well in his last start. And you're right. Even though I don't expect him to to win at Doral, I'd like to see some good vibes. Jason Davis has not played. Right. So, so it's so, actually good he can so have four rounds it, here. It, so it is, yeah. It's absolutely. So I, I don't want to. I don't think it's any more or less important for any of those top three. I think it's important for all. And I also look at it this this way too. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope to God I'm wrong. But the odds are all three of them are not playing particularly well right now. Again, Jason Day. I don't want to say he's not playing well. He's just not playing. But let's. All three of them are not playing as well as we expected as they them to at this. It's not a stretch to think that one of those three, when we get to Augusta, really is not going to be playing very well, oh. right? I mean, it's not. It, and it, let's just hope that. It, let's hope I'm wrong, and let's hope that it's only one that is, and let's hope that two or three of those guys just kind of get a little momentum, a little something, something going. Because I don't want to see all those guys go in there flat and in, in answering more questions. I want to just see a little bit more pep in their step. So I think it's big for all of those guys. I really do. Didn't we sit in this chair last week and you say that nothing could happen yeah. before the Masters that Speed would change your opinion? Speeth is still going to be my my favorite going into there almost no matter what. But it still doesn't mean that I can't. That I, I mean, I, I want an exciting Masters. I'm going to cover it. You're going to cover it. I don't want to watch these top five dudes lay, lay eggs. Mm. All right? I want to see them play well. So while I... I, to me, it's still going to be those same same five guys almost no matter what happens last week. It doesn't mean that I don't want to see them get their head out of there, you know what, and just play some golf. I feel like we're going to put those three in our top five Masters mm -hmm. favorites just because we've seen what they're capable of doing. Because but, they deserve it. But I would say that at this point, you can't even compare Bubba Watson yeah. and Adam Scott are on a completely different level than those big three right now. That if the Masters started right yeah. now, they would have to be your two favorites for the Masters. 
Hands down. Uh, no. It's I'm, not it's not even really a, well, but a debate. Here, but this is what we talk about on this, and you lean this way, and this Will and I were hammering you last week. They're the last just so you're telling me just because they're the last two winners of those top guys that they deserve to They're winner. in the best just form because, right now. But just because they, so so you are overreacting. You are you are a professional overreactor on Monday. Last week you said that before Riviera, Bubba Watson was not in your top three or four. He wins, he's your number one. Mm -hmm. This week, Adam Scott wasn't in the top five. He wins. He's your number two. Exactly. So next week, when Jordan Spieth wins, Jordan Spieth goes to number one. Bubba goes to two. And he, so whoever wins lately or the most recent, as long as they're one of the top players, just automatically it's ascends all, to the number one spot. Because it's all about it peaking for Augusta. Sense, it's all about peaking it for Augusta. It is, it is for peaking at Augusta, though. You but, want the guys who are playing well. Right. But they're still a month away. Right. So what if Adam Scott goes out there and finishes 35th this week and Jordan Spieth finishes 5th? My favorite for the Masters right now. Right. I'm not saying what my favorite would be on, on April 7th. But you're, but you're letting the winner of the tournament the previous week dictate your favorite. We're not just pulling these names out of the hat. Adam's, Adam, <laughs> Scott, Adam Scott has seven top tens in his last nine I mean, world What would he have been on your list last week? At least 6th or 7th and now he's 2. Because he won Just a tournament, he reaffirmed that the putter is not going to be a problem. That was a huge concern for Adam Scott. You look at his, you look at his record in the that. majors over the last four or five years. Few have been better than him and on a consistent guys, basis. They're not playing well or not chump change. They're not, just, but they're not playing as well right now. Them. They're not playing as well right now. You're just poo-pooing them. I'm not poo-pooing them. If they do something in the next four or five weeks, of course, they're going to... They're going to lead me all to believe right. stronger that they're going so, to well, be. I guess in contention. I will meet you back here next week when we can argue about this all over. When, when Dustin Johnson, like when win, Dustin Johnson I, wins, exactly. When Dustin Johnson wins, and he's going to be your second or third favorite next week, right? No, because I'm still not sold on his putting. No, all right. I think I think he could win. I think, I think a guy like him or Bubba, watch out for Justin Rose, who's played well here. Mm. I think it's going to be look. It's a stud field, so no matter who wins, it's going to be a pretty big deal. I think top 10, 15 type player pulls it off. Oh, I, I would certainly expect yeah. that. I would certainly expect it to be a, a big hitter as well. I would lean towards that group of Bubba, DJ, Scott, yeah. a Henrik Stenson type player, a world-class player who knows how to get, his, get the job done and minimizes his mistakes. Gil Hans made that course a lot more penal yeah. and kind of a lot less fun. So a player who yeah. can avoid the mistakes and take advantage of his big drives. You never know how Certainly windy it's going to get around there or what they're going to do or whatever. Just get off to a pretty good start and just kind of hold on for the last next couple of days. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like a DJ type. Again, you're right. I mean, he's been in contention a few times or in position. Riviera didn't, didn't pull it off. So I'd like to see what he could do in the stretch. If Bubba does go ahead and win and wins... <laughs> That he would for sure be the number one, and that's not an overreaction. <laughs> right, but if he's not, then so so congratulations, whoever wins at Doral this next week. You, you are number you one on my new favorite Ryan list. Number one, uh, number one spot. It's all about peaking week, for the majors. So, so congratulations to you. All right, I have nothing left to say to you. Neither do I. It should it should be a great week at Doral. I'm looking forward to seeing it. All right, for Ryan Lavender, I'm Jay Coffin. Thanks for joining us on the Monday Scam Scramble podcast. In the meantime, just check out all of our coverage from last week of the Honda. And this week coming up at Doral on GolfChannel.com, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, 
and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.